Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. This week, we are talking about the Solway Firth Spaceman. Yes, and uh, shout out to the one of you who is hearing this a day early. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, (laughs) we'll get there with our patrons. We just launched new tiers. We got new... We're, we're trying to figure it out. Everyone else is trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's all good. We, uh, yeah. So for some of you, well, for most of you, this is Wednesday. If you listen to it on release day and for one of you, it might be Tuesday. Yeah. Shout out to Tracy. Yeah. Our sole $10 patron. Um, yeah, we just made some new tiers on Patreon, which are, wow. Patreon. Patrons on Patreon. Woo. Yep. We previously just had the one $5 tier, which didn't really have much. We had a sort of start of Patreon special where people got a print made by Gray. Um, And that was really it. We hadn't looked into it further, but then people were asking about what we were going to put in the tiers and requesting things and suggesting things. And kind of after much hemming and hawing, we finally made some different tiers. Um, We will go into more detail about that at the end of the episode, but... You should definitely go check our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash unknowable podcast. And we have, I think, five different tiers now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the $5 one now, which is our base tier, our cheapest tier, will get you some bonus content that we are going to be doing. We don't know what the regularity will be, <clears throat> um, but these will not be classic unknowable episodes. So you're not going to miss out on regular episodes but we will be talking about uh as gray put it unknowable adjacent topics exactly um primarily like things like if we read a book about an unknowable topic or watch a movie or a tv show or a documentary um these would be kind of episodes that would be like specifically about those things like a book report like a book report but for movies tv and books yeah yeah like us talking about like hey we watched that cool thing and we're talking about it and talking about the topic that it has to do with so some of them may be repeats like if we watch the mothman prophecies yep we'll be talking about the mothman again but in the context of that movie um things like that so yeah five dollar tier gets you that and then the ten dollar tier is the one that will get you early access a day early release of episodes whoa um so again hello tracy (laughs) (laughs) listening a day early but we appreciate all of you who are with us on patreon that is huge both of us uh you know this is our passion project this is not a thing that we are doing as a job or to make money but it definitely helps um yeah. we just got a new interface is that what it's called yeah In- for you interface. we don't know. <laughs> we're not the sound people my my husband nate is the sound person that helps us uh not sound like the garbage that we would sound like if we did this alone we would just be recording on an iphone and he would yeah. cringe so hard i bet oh yeah no he has made sure that we have actual microphones with i don't know what this disc is that we're talking into i have no idea what any of this stuff is but he's the one who does all that so patreon payments uh help us basically fund those various things that we do to sound better and um you know, also just helps us get things like merch. We right. are both working parents. Yep. Um, and so spending money out of pocket on merch is not the most financially responsible thing we can do. No. Um, as much as but I would having, like to. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. We, Gray has had to talk me down. I'm the more spontaneous. Yes. Um, purchaser so i'm always like let's just get a fucking hundred stickers and gray's like let's maybe do like 10 at yeah, first let's start like, let's start small damn it so but that really helps us a lot to do that and we love to be able to do things for you guys and to get cool merch and see gray's art on things is awesome so um yeah we appreciate you guys we appreciate you we love you guys um so yes this topic the Solway Firth Spaceman. So we are literally doing an entire episode just on a photograph. A single photograph with a little bit of backstory, but not a huge amount of backstory. No, this is not totally our typical. I mean, it, it falls within our typical realm, but this is not really a clean cut topic. This is not a cryptid. It's not a missing person. It's not a murder or a death. This is just a weird ass photograph. Yeah. This is one where... Um First of all, if you don't know what we're talking about, Google the Solway Firth Spaceman or look on our Instagram. I'm sure we'll have a photo up. Mm. Um, and this is a photo that I saw like on the early like proto internet. I remember seeing like 10 strange photographs that can't be explained. And this is yep. always on those lists. And I remember seeing it when I was a kid and reading all about it and thinking like, you know, there's there's this could potentially be something that is literally unknowable i remember this is one of the things that set me down a wikipedia rabbit hole for the first time probably when i was in high school and spent like yeah. two hours delving into wikipedia to try to figure out what this was so it may just be a photograph but it's a powerful photograph it really i really think this is going to be one of those weird things that's known for a long time yeah um this has already been so yeah if you don't know google it the basic story is um, it's also known as simply the Solway Spaceman or even the Cumberland Spaceman. Um, it's a figure seen in a photograph taken in 1964 by a man named Jim Templeton, who was a fireman, a photographer, and a local historian hmm. um, that lived in England. Um, so, yeah, this photo was taken on Berg Marsh situated near Berg by Sands, overlooking the Solway Firth in Cumbria, England. The most British so, place I've ever heard of. Like, the most British sentence yes. that was. <laughs> I don't even know, like, um, I, so I googled and looked up several of those things, because, like, I feel like reading that sentence even, I'm like, that sounds like a different language. Yes, it does. What the fuck? Um, so, Berg by Sands, which to me sounds like the name of, like, a resort. Yep. Um is a village and a civil parish in the city of Carlisle, district of Cumbria, England. Uh, yeah, already still, I'm still confused, but it's yes. okay. So basically, Berg by Sands is a village. The Solway Firth is a firth that forms part of the border between England and Scotland. So if you're still confused, a firth is a word in the Scots and English languages that can have several meanings, but most often refers to an inlet. And if you still are confused, an inlet is an indentation of a shoreline, usually long and narrow. So, <laughs> yes. A marsh near a village overlooking a firth, which is an inlet in England. Okay. That yeah. makes slightly more sense. Slightly more sense. A little bit. So, yeah. They're chilling at this marsh. And May 23rd, 1964, Jim Templeton, again, a firefighter took three photographs of his then five-year-old daughter. They were on a day trip with himself, his wife, and his daughter. Hmm. Um, 
Jim said the only other people on the marshes that day were a couple of old women sitting in a car at the far end of the marsh. So nobody else nearby at all. Um, and basically this photo, which again, Google it, check it out or look at our Instagram, um, is, you know, the little girl is what, like looking down at some flowers. Yeah, I think so. Kind of posing. She's just sitting there. Yeah. Sort of posing. He said in one article that he, you know, was like, let me get a few pictures of you in your new dress. So, Hmm. um, and in the background of the photo, so the kind of perspective is a little whack. But it looks like there's a fucking astronaut yep. standing behind her. Like, and I'm not talking way in the background, like a weird smudge that maybe, like, this right. is like a clear, I mean, not super clear, but like fully taking up like a third of the photograph. Yeah, like, like arguably like huge. larger than the child that is being photographed. Yeah, it's insane. Like, this is not a weird maybe I can make out like, sure, I guess that looks like an astronaut when you say it. Like you look at this photograph and you're instantly like, holy fuck, there's like an astronaut right behind her. Right. Very bizarre. And like, at like a weird angle too. Like it's not like the astronaut standing like straight up behind Mm. her. It's almost like at like a weird, like, like when Michael Jackson stands there and like, like leans really far to the side, but like his feet stay planted. You know what I mean? It's almost like that yeah. where like the, the, he's like cocked at like a weird angle and then kind of like, I don't know, like it just looks, it's very unsettling too. Like whenever I see the photo, yeah. it like gives me like, it kind of gives me the creeps maybe yep. because it looks like the astronaut is staring directly at you, like at the, the viewfinder of the camera, but it just feels very right. like intrusive almost like the, the, like you shouldn't be seeing the spaceman that's behind her. Oh yeah. It's okay. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So she's looking at the camera She's holding like a little, she made like a little bouquet of flowers and yeah. Okay. It's weird how your memory does weird things. Cause the spaceman is definitely not taking up a third of the photo. Like I said, but okay, like it's clearly, so you see the girl, she, her head is like maybe halfway down intersected by the horizon behind her. Right. And clearly above her head, you can see easily almost half of what looks like a spaceman standing behind her. So again, the perspective is weird. There's a couple other photos from this same, like very same trip, you know, probably taken minutes apart right. of the daughter and the wife. And you can tell that what they're sitting on, like they're sort of sitting, maybe not totally at the base, but there's like more of a hill coming up behind them. Right. So oh, right. I think okay. the, sp- the perspective is fucked because whatever or whoever is in this photo is clearly further up the hill than she is. Hmm. Um, so you can tell that they're like a little bit in the distance, but not that far really. Um, and yeah, so it's like sort of coming out of the top of her head. You can see almost the top half of this, what looks like a spaceman. Um, and so, yeah, when we say like looks like an astronaut, like it's somebody that looks like they're in, again, waist up a full like white suit, like long sleeves. Right. And what looks to be a helmet with like, you know, the dark glass. Right. In the front. Um, freaky fucking shit. Yeah. Super creepy. Like. You'd think it would be, it wouldn't be quite so, because there's no face, there's no like, there's no like demonic element to it or like unsettling mm. like eye shine or anything. Like it's very like, I don't know, like mechanical or like robotic looking, but that almost makes it even more disturbing because it's very yeah. clearly like staring straight at you, the viewer, like over the yeah. girl's shoulder looking at you, the viewer. Exactly. That's like, there's something about the, yeah, the stance of the figure is. You're right. Like, yeah, a little bit leaning. 
And because of the helmet or whatever you want to call it, you can't see where they're looking. But yeah, it does feel like they're looking at you. It's not okay. <laughs> not okay. It's It freaks me out every time I see it that this like somebody actually took this photo and like this the so the man who took the photo jim templeton sadly um passed away in 2011 i believe Mm. so he is no longer alive but still for a long time he just had this photo um you know in his collection of family photographs this was just like oh weird thing cool yeah there's just a spaceman back there um so really bizarre. So he, um, he of course claimed that the, he did not see any person. Like he was shocked when he saw this. He obviously back then it wasn't an instant thing. So he didn't take this photo and immediately look down and see it. He had the photos developed. I don't know when, um, but later on and was shocked when he saw that he was like, what the hell? Um, he insists and still insisted for years in interviews and things that he did not see any person there until after the photos were developed. Um, I guess analysts at Kodak even confirmed that the photograph was genuine. They apparently even offered a reward. Like one of the things that I read said like a six figure reward. Jesus. Um, or like a year of free film to anyone who could prove that the photo was faked and nothing ever came of that. Um, I love how so, it's, yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty substantial reward or a year of film, which I guess those are equivalent, huh? Yeah. Well, I, especially because I, so when I was, when I was younger, I always thought this was like, you know, me being unaware of capitalism at the time. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, a year, a year's worth, like, you know, anybody that would do a contest, like a year's worth of burgers, like a year's worth of ice cream or whatever i was like oh you just get as much as you want for a whole year <laughs> like you just i don't know like right you just every week you're like oh send me over 10 gallons like yeah. but no that a year's worth is like what they deem to be right. what could be like if you had a year, so one like, per day for a year it would be yeah yeah i wonder what the year's worth of film art is i don't know i was just thinking about i'm like i bet it was like you know oh like a dozen rolls of film you'll use like one a month right <laughs> but uh. like when I was younger, all I ever wanted was to win a year's worth of something contest because I was like, holy shit. There, I feel like there was a lot more of that in the 90s than there is nowadays. <sighs> yeah. Capitalism. Again. Capitalism, man. Oh, also, I really, <laughs> like, fun seg here. I also really wanted to go on one of those shows <laughs> where you could, um, it was like, oh, you get a minute to go through the store and just, like, empty whatever you can <laughs> into your cart. And oh, you yeah. All of it. I... As much as it stressed me out to watch those, because I was just like, oh my God, like, where would I go first? Like, how do I maximize this? Um, yeah, I like, I both really wanted it and didn't want it because I knew that I would probably just freeze up right. in the moment and I would like, I would fill my cart with something that I didn't even want because right. I would just be so like, ah, fuck. Um, but yeah. So anyways, but nobody got a year's worth of film because they could not prove that this was fake. Hmm. Um. So he ended up taking the picture to the police in Carlisle who examined it and basically were like, there's nothing weird about this. Yeah. Like, this you know, most likely illegal. they were like, dude, <laughs> yeah, nothing like, which on one hand, I'm like, what did you expect? But on the other hand, like it maybe just shows how freaked he was. Right. Right. Exactly. That he was just like, oh my God, like maybe how genuinely confused he was by this. Like what the hell? Um, hmm. And yeah understandably the police were like yeah we can't do anything about that but 
the local newspaper, the Cumberland News, picked up the story and according to Templeton, quote, within hours, it was all over the world. Um, I don't know if it really spread that quickly, but it still was just like this. I mean, it's still cycling around today in 2020. So oh yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, they got lots of different people contacting them, like letters being sent to them, people offering explanations. Uh, Templeton said that nothing, none of the explanations made sense to him. Um, but people were saying like that it was a spirit that they were psychic or the daughter was psychic. Um, just all kinds of different ideas. People were very interested in the story. Hmm. So, and then Templeton claims that after the photograph was published and, you know, kind of was cycling around more profusely. So people were seeing it. He says he was visited by two men who said they were from the government, men in black. but refused to show their ID. Yes. And that, uh, quote, they were only identified by number. What? Supposedly number nine and number 11 is what they nine eleven. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Okay. And they were tall over six feet wearing black suits and bowler hats. Yep. Fucking men yeah. in black. Wait, wait, yeah. what, so, what year did this like visitation happen? I think so. Yeah, this, the photo was taken in May. I think it was the same year just shortly after. I don't know exactly when, um, so but like in, within in the sixties. Yeah, in the 60s. Which means the full almost 40 years before 9-11 happened. Yeah. Coincidencia? <laughs> Coincidencia? Um, oh, man. I want to explain that to people who don't know, but... Just Google it. We've already done that once. Yes, we have. <laughs> if you're new here, um, Google it. Yeah, Google it. So, uh, apparently these men wanted to be taken to where the photos were taken. So he took them there. Um, but he said that when they were there and he explained to them that he didn't actually see this figure in real life, that he only photographed it, the men became very angry and they drove away, leaving him there to walk home alone. Oh, rude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they were pissed that he didn't actually see this figure. So um, hmm. we will maybe dive into that a little later. Yeah. Um. And worth mentioning in, so yeah, that, that must have been between May and September because it was in September 1964, uh, Templeton dismissed the two men as frauds saying, quote, it all looks like a leg pull to me. I'm sure the men were not security agents, hmm. um, which again, he might be more right than he knows. Right. Um, but yeah, people were really into it. He, uh, so another interesting connection is that Templeton mentioned, and I looked up and confirmed this to be true, that a Blue Streak missile launch at the Woomera test range in South Australia had been aborted just days after his photo was taken because the figures of two large men were seen on the firing range. He alleges, so he says that he found this out because some of the technicians from the test range got in touch with him and because they had seen the photograph that he took in an Australian newspaper and said that the figures that they saw on the test range or on the firing range looked exactly the same as the spaceman in his photo. That's crazy. Yeah. So the, and, and another connection. So obviously that's very far away. It's right. in Australia. Right. Um, but the blue streak missile had been built at Royal air force station spade Adam in Cumbria under 30 miles from where Templeton photographed his daughter. What? Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Huh? Um, so, 
He thought that was interesting. I think it's interesting. Oh yeah. I also had to look up how to pronounce spade Adam because it's pr- spelled exactly like that. You took the word spade and the name Adam and you just put them together into a word. And I was like, what? That's too many E's <laughs> and A's. But I Googled it and it was uh, like, it's pronounced like spade Adam. And I was like, oh, that's exactly how I wanted it to be. Pronounced. Classic England. Yeah. It's, I don't, don't even know. Huh. Um, so that's pretty much all of the facts about this case. Interesting. <laughs> this case. Yeah. The story. Um, so theories. Yes. There aren't too many that exist out in the world. Um, the primary theory, contemporary analysis. So UFO author, David Clark in yep. 2014 concluded that the figure was indeed Jim Templeton's wife. Yes. Um, so yeah, again, if you, you really need to see the photo to understand anything we're talking about, but there are a few other photos from the day that have been published as well. And his wife was wearing a light blue dress, like a sleeveless dress. Mm -hmm. And she had short, sort of short bobbed hair. Actually, it seems similar to the daughter's hair, which was also short and bobbed like with bangs. Right. Um, and so some people have done some editing to sort of darken the photo in question. And when you do so, you can see that perhaps if his wife was standing again, up the hill a little bit, turned away from the camera that the exposure, like the photo being overexposed could have made her dress and even like some of her hair look as white as it did. Right. And that, you know, he didn't remember seeing her. He says that she was behind him when he took the photo. Hmm. Um, but as David Clark said, the camera that he used, which is a Pentacon F SLR camera, the viewfinder is such that you can really only see like 70% of what the lens is capturing. Um, oh, interesting. again, keeping in mind, this is in the sixties. He's not taking it with an iPhone or, even a modern camera. So you're looking into a viewfinder that's not showing you everything. Um, but this figure so. isn't like in the top right corner or like only at the top of it. This figure is right above the little girl's head. So presumably he's right. focusing on the daughter. And so he would see the figure behind the daughter unless like her, the top of her head was being cut off by the viewfinder. Well, yeah, that's what confused me is I guess I, I feel like, if I could have seen a picture of what you'd see through that viewfinder, that yes. would have been helpful. Like, are we talking about like, you wouldn't see stuff on the edges, like the fringe of the photo. Right. Or yeah, you'd think that was kind of my thought too, is that if he's focusing on the daughter and yeah, those, like we said, the spaceman is like coming out of the daughter's head, essentially like the perspective. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that he would have seen that. Like I know. And also part of this too, is that there is the description of this man partly describes him as a photographer. Now, I don't know what level of photographer he was, but me being a full-time photographer, am very aware of something intruding on a photo that I'm taking. Oh yeah. Um, even a casual photo like of my son or of something well, like even if it's not a client or whatever, I'm still acutely aware of anything stumbling into the photo. Same. Exactly. Um, Especially yeah, like, like something behind directly behind your subject. Exactly. In this like giant open marsh where there's like not even trees and bushes. It's just open green expanse. It's like behind. Right. Yeah. That's definitely worth like if you are listening to this and you haven't seen the photo yet, 
it's worth mentioning, like, all you can see behind, again, like, you can just see the horizon of, like, basically the top of this hill. So, and just blue sky. There's no, nothing. I don't know what was around them otherwise, but, like, in the photo, there is nothing to obscure this spaceman behind them. It is not popping out from behind a tree or, like, in a bush or something. This is, like, literally just the girl and the horizon of the hill behind her, and that's it. Um, So, yeah, you'd think that he would have noticed that it, this is definitely the most plausible theory Right. that yeah, his wife just wandered into the photo accidentally. She's up the hill a little bit. So it's not like she's right there. Maybe he, whatever, but it just, yeah. I, I do have to admit that if know. you look at the sort of like shadows on the spaceman's like torso, they mm. do resemble more like somebody's back. Like you can almost see like a single line down the, like down the center and then almost like in the shape of an upside down Y where it would almost be like outlining somebody's shoulder blades as if they were facing away. Yeah. I have to admit it does look more like that. And the arm angle is sort of one of those things where with your brain, you can make the arms angle forward or backward depending on how you want them to. Yeah, exactly. Like looking at it right now, that was one of the things too, that it looks like, yeah. So if you were standing and kind of had like, yeah, your hand on your hip or on your waist or whatever. And so your elbow is kind of making like a, you know, I don't know what that shape is. <laughs> you know. Rhomboid. That shape. Yeah. It, yeah, it does. Like, when you look at it, it's like, it's hard to tell for sure with the shadows, but it does look, you can tell that the sun is coming from, like, the upper left of mm. the photo. So, like, to the right of the girl. And from the shadows on the spaceman, it does make it look like the arms are being bent in an unnatural way. Or the spaceman is not facing the girl and is facing away. Or the spaceman is not of this earth and doesn't have earthly geometry in his arms. Dude, that was my thought. Is like, who's saying that the spaceman has to conform to our boring earthly angles? <laughs> Although he already does he have do whatever he wants. two arms and a head, so he's already like a bipedal I mean, right? humanoid. That's like essentially my complaint with things like Star Trek mm-hmm. is that like they're going around all of these different parts of the galaxy and almost everybody that they're encountering is just like a humanoid. Yep. Basically, like, and they've all got weird shit going on, but yeah. Yeah. Wait, you mean to tell me Star Trek isn't a documentary? (laughs) I know. I know, like, but I mean, can't there be, and there's some interesting things, like, there's definitely, you know, like, a race of people who ends up, I don't know, going to a greater state of consciousness and they just turn into, like, a ball of light. Like, there's shit like that, but Hmm. it's also just every person they encounter is, like, some creature that stands on two feet and has two arms and essentially i mean there's some exceptions but like for the most part right i'm like really so but we've talked a lot about alien creatures or people from different timelines essentially conforming to what they know is supposed to be seen on this earth so that they can be right move about more inconspicuously so like the men in black exactly yeah this is what people look like right yeah like people bend their arms this way right (laughs) is correct close enough definitely yeah it's fine um and then really the only other theory that exists was one person i saw on reddit who said it's a beekeeper that's that was always my immediate thought is that he looks like a beekeeper yeah shit yeah exactly like that was if you google what do you call bee uh, in in apiarist if you look if you google like a bee a bee suit that's exactly what they look like like all white yeah 
with like the face mask thing and it's and because it's like a blurry photograph you wouldn't be able to see the mesh of the the face mask it would come out and looking like kind of glass or whatever that was always right. my thought and like considering you're on like a firth in cumbria it would make sense that there's like a beekeeper there right yeah i'm looking at bee suits on amazon nice <laughs> of course <laughs> the thing you can buy there's bee suits on amazon i don't know why i didn't think that that would be a thing um but yeah, it's true. The mesh does look dark. And again, if the photo is not the greatest quality, 1960s camera, and possibly a little overexposed, they're in the background. Yeah, the mesh could totally look just dark and you couldn't see the face. So my only problem with that theory is similar to the wife theory is just like, I feel like you'd notice right. there being a beekeeper hanging around. Like right. that is... That's pretty like, you know, like a noticeable thing yeah like my thought is so to me if i saw somebody in a beekeeper suit from a distance i guess especially now like pandemic times i would my thought would go to like hazmat suit yep and i'd be like what the fuck is that so i feel like i would definitely notice that somebody and presuming that that beekeeper is not like sprinting away that after he took the photo that beekeeper would still right be in roughly the same area so it wouldn't they wouldn't disappear um and yeah he might notice like huh i took a photo and there's looks what looks like a spaceman and oh yeah there was a guy in an all-white beekeeper suit there that day Hmm. i don't know that wouldn't slip your mind no not at all um and even david clark the ufo author who believes the wife theory he still interviewed jim templeton at one point for a book that he was writing and said that based on talking to him he really does believe that templeton fully believes his story like he didn't seem to get any vibes of like this guy is bullshitting right um he seemed to really believe that he thought that so i just don't i feel like that would be hard hard to miss um so yeah those are the more plausible boring theories and then there are of course the paranormal theories the fun ones (laughs) the fun ones which are that this spaceman is not of this earth. Dun, dun, dun. Well, yeah, I have a theory that he is of this earth, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, he could just be, I guess there's with some of the extraterrestrial like theories though, you're still running into that same problem of like, why didn't he see them behind them? Like, Mm. is it a being that can only be seen when photographed like, is there some kind of, like, light frequency that it admits that, like, the human eye is incapable of seeing, but, like, a photographic chemical reaction can see? I don't know. Right. Um, I saw some mention on also on Reddit. Um, so this kind of brought me back a little bit to talking about Skinwalker Ranch, ooh. where we were kind of theorizing a little bit about how some of the spaceships and things that are seen, some of the UFOs that are seen can... Right disappear so quickly Um, interdimensional yeah interdimensional and possibly some type of technology that we have yet to understand that could um like i think somebody on reddit was literally just used the word like vibrating at a high frequency so that they can't be seen by the human eye but maybe were captured in a photo somehow like a cloaking Um, device kind of deal yeah like just didn't i mean you have to think that an alien from a different planet who has 
technology not like ours. I think the assumption comes that they like somehow have gone through the same process of figuring out technology that we have, which isn't necessarily true. So like the thought that they would know of our 1960s era cameras and what they are capable of, I guess wouldn't necessarily come into play. And if they had some type of cloaking technology, like it's worth, it seems like he took several photos of his daughter in that same spot. So the fact that the spaceman was only caught in one of the photos is interesting that it wasn't like the spaceman was wandering around behind her and is in several photographs in different spots. It right. just showed up in one. Um, hmm. So maybe it was just some freak instance that he caught it. And yeah, that's either an alien with crazy technology or um, yeah, slipping into this dimension just for like, he just happened to hit that shutter at the perfect second. Right. And caught it. Hmm. Like flickered, flickered for a second there, just long enough for yeah. you to take the photo. Exactly. Interesting. And that theory could somewhat tie in with the Men in Black, as we kind of have talked about Men in Black being these sort of, I don't even know if we want to call them guardians mm. of creatures or people in other dimensions, but right. the fact that they came here and wanted to know exactly where he saw the spaceman. Yep. And were like upset that he didn't see them in real life and had, you know, they, their characteristics match the men in black pretty closely. That for sure. Super tall, all black bowler hats going by numbers instead of names. Like that's pretty standard men in black shit going on right there. So, hmm. you know, maybe that kind of ties in with what we've talked about as far as like them sort of coming and questioning people to find out more about UFO sightings or spaceman sightings or whatever to for them essentially like if we're thinking that they're like these pissed off I don't know like employees of these other dimensions that are like god damn it like we have to chase down this asshole like why did he have to do this like right in the 60s and people are all psyched about UFOs and shit Mm -hmm. I mean it's interesting too that they were like pissed that he hadn't seen them in person maybe it's some being that has the ability to cloak itself and they thought that, I don't know, maybe like it lost the ability, ability to cloak itself or there was something about like the human eye that could pick up the being while it was being cloaked or whatever. And so they were all excited, like, oh, sweet, we can bring him out there. Maybe that thing is, the being is still out there and I can use this human to try to like see him through the cloaking device. They get out mm. there and he's like, oh, actually, I didn't see it in person. It was just in the camera. And they're like, oh, God damn it. So this guy can't even see this thing. We just yeah. got all the way out here. Get out of the car. Get out. Yeah, they're like, see you later. And yeah, poor Jim Templeton is just like, great, I have to walk home yeah. or get a ride home or whatever he did. In a time where there's no cell phones. Right, Jesus. right. Couldn't just call in, an Uber. In the middle of England somewhere yeah. by an inlet. Who knows how he got home? I don't even know. Hmm. But he did specifically mention that they were angry, not just that they like lost interest or something, but they they were mad. Right. Um, What is interesting, just, I don't know. That's, it just seems more to me than somebody who was just curious, you know, and wanted to like know more about it and was like, oh, cool, take us out there. Like, I don't know why the average person, like the average enthusiast of UFOs or paranormal would be pissed that he hadn't seen it in person. Like that right. seems more like a specific yeah. job that you have. I don't know. Hmm. So, so my theory is, yes. so taking into account that he is like a bipedal 
humanoid with arms and a head and wearing like a relatively conventional spacesuit. Like it's not super out there. It's just like a simple white suit with like a face mask. Um, could also be a hazmat suit. It's interesting that you bring that up. Um, mm. So hazmat suit slash like conventional space suit, like very of this earth, not like very exotic really. The only exotic part being that he like wasn't physically present, but was photographed. So what if it was a time traveling human from the future who's coming back in time? What if there's an alternate timeline where that um, missile launch that was aborted in Australia, what if there's an alternate timeline where that missile launch goes super wrong and maybe it like goes off course and goes over the United States and the United States like freaks out and like shoots its like launches its nukes at Russia and then Russia launches its nukes and then there's like a global thermonuclear war and the whole earth is destroyed and humanity claws its way back to the point where it has time travel and it's like, well, we're just gonna go back and abort that missile mission so that none of this global thermonuclear war ever happened kind of like the plot to 12 monkeys but with like <laughs> with uh nuclear weapons instead of uh global virus excellent um, and so they originally so they went to they were photographed in cumbria first because they weren't sure what time they like went back to maybe they were going to try to just sabotage the missiles while they were being built at that place 30 miles away mm. and so maybe they like show up um maybe they're like in the process of like you know, landing or whatever their time machine and they flicker in and out of that time period for a minute while they're traveling. And that's why they show up in that photograph. Cause they're like flickering in and out of the past show up in Cumbria. They realize like, Oh shit, we're too late. The missiles have already been built and they're already in Australia. So they have to like hightail it to Australia and then they show up on the thing and cause the missile launch to be aborted. And then it like puts us into a different timeline where there was no global thermonuclear war. Wow. That might be one of the most extensive theories you've ever that had. That is my theory. It all it all coalesced. I had bits and pieces Dang. of that, but honestly, a lot of that coalesced while we were talking. <laughs> wow. So, like th that Michael Scott quote, like <laughs> sometimes I start a sentence and I don't really know. <laughs> I just hope I find it I along the way. I hope I find it along the way, and usually I do. <laughs> yeah. That, wow. Yeah, that's like my new favorite theory. It's my theory of like anything ever. You know, I think that personally, I think a lot of UFO and alien um, sightings and like sightings of vehicles, I think a lot of that, it would make like, it's a, it's a, it's less of a, you know, Occam's razor. It's less of a leap to think that the things that we are seeing that we attribute to like extraterrestrials, that's more of a leap than thinking, oh no, it's actually just humans traveling from the future to either fuck around in the timeline of earth or even just like exotic vacation. Like, oh, I'm right. like a billionaire and I have the ability to travel through time. I'm going to go see where Earth was like back in like 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, don't come here. Right. God, no. This, this is don't come this, this, this whole year is just like quarantined. You can't come here 2019 to 2021. Yeah. yeah um, and like what kind of sick fuck would come here from the future? Right. Unless the future is way worse. Right. Or they're just trying yeah. to like, I don't know. I would go back. So what if it's a hundred years from now? I would go back a yeah. hundred years to 1920 to see what 1920 was like. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, it's definitely, I like feel like we've talked about this vacationing in different, maybe we talked about vacationing in different like universes. Oh, right. Or like different timelines right. in the sense of like, yeah, slipping through 
to a different dimension or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's totally, if that ever became a thing that we could do in the future, that would absolutely be a thing. Oh yeah. 100%. That rich people would be like, oh cool, I'm going to go vacation. Yeah. In a different timeline and just like see what it was like. And they'd have a prime, um, a prime directive, like do not interact with anybody. Do not be seen. Do not like alter right. time or whatever, but humans are stupid and we're going to do it. So yeah. all these like ancient alien interactions that people have are just people like time travelers just fucking around. Right. And yeah, and they'd be in crazy futuristic vehicles of some type. And yeah, what if it was like, I don't know, maybe early on in the exploring different timelines reality of people vacationing and checking out other timelines, they had sort of like a self-driving car type of like Google car situation. Right. But humans being stupid, like fucked around like and found a way to Jurassic like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Where they're in like yeah. those, those cars that are being controlled and they find a way to like unlock them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The humans are like dumb and they want to explore more than they're supposed to. And they have like caused all of these, you know, and to think that like, I don't know, maybe time passing is different in the far future than it is now. And so that was like a short time for them that they allowed that. And then they were like, we really got to tighten this up. Right. And they made it so that you had like a tour guide or something. I don't know. Hmm. They were like, we're done. We're and, done like almost being exposed. Right. Yeah. And it would also make sense too that you would find like, oh, okay, we have this big problem here in the present. What happened in the past that led to us having this problem? Okay. We can yeah. pin it down to like, if this one person hadn't done this one thing, the rest of this chain of events never would have happened. You could go back in time if you had that ability and you could eliminate that person or find a way to prevent them from making that decision that leads them on that path and kind of alter the past in order to make the present better. So that's also something we would absolutely do because we're dumb as shit and we like to like instant gratification. Like, Oh Oh, yeah. Rather than like fix climate change in the present, why don't we like go back in time and like, I don't know, like who would you, who, who who could you pin climate change on? That's a bad, that's a bad example because you have to kill a lot of people. But yeah, um, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who would have to die. <laughs> but like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you could go back in time and assassinate baby Hitler. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's... Oh, man, we're getting deep. Yes. <laughs> you would see, you didn't think we were going to be talking about assassinating baby Hitler <laughs> from this one photograph, huh? Yeah. You, I mean, you should have known that we would, but you probably didn't expect it. No, it's true. Like, and it is worth thinking about like the fact that yeah you could try to change one little thing and that would that's why in all of those time travel shows and movies and everything like that's always the rule because you think oh if this one person didn't do this one thing then this wouldn't have happened but then it's like oh but they also did this or them not being the one in power meant that this worst person was in power like there's always something oh yeah um yeah like to get real deep listeners (laughs) you already know this story but um, so Gray and I's dad passed away when we were like 15 and 11. Mm-hmm. And I've thought a lot about the fact that, so essentially when I was in sixth grade, I had a big crush on this guy in my school, a grade ahead of me. And we'll call him Mike. Mikey. And <laughs> Mikey. so I had a big crush on Mike and I ended up, remember like the whole year I had a big crush on him told my parents at the end of the year, like, I have to tell you guys, like I, of course at the time I'm like, I'm in love with this guy. Yeah. And they were like, Oh my God. And so I 
was on the same track team as him, I was like, oh, I'm going to join the track team so that I can hang out with him. My parents ended up, our parents ended up going to a track meet, I remember. And I remember looking up into the stands horrified as my parents are sitting and making friends with Mike's parents. I was like, no, (laughs) they're just doing this to, not to be embarrassing, but you know, they're just doing it because they know that I like the sun and they're like, oh, hey guys. Um, So long story short, my, our dad ends up close friends with Mike's dad. Our mom ends up close friends with Mike's mom. They've got this little parent quad going and it was while our dad was working a job for Mike's dad. He ended up employed by him for a while. It was while he was on that job that he got into an accident on his bike and he ended up passing away. So I think a lot about that concept when it comes to that situation. Like what if I had never told them about Mike or I mean, obviously there were things that happened. I mean, I could have still told them and they, you know, what if they didn't go make friends with his parents? You know, like there's other decisions that were there too, but I still can't help but think like, wow, if I hadn't liked that guy or told them I liked that guy or joined the track team, they maybe wouldn't have become friends with his parents and that wouldn't have happened. It's crazy. Um, One seemingly innocuous situation that led to a tragedy. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously nothing was done intentionally or maliciously, but the sequence of events still ended where it did. So that's not to say that something else couldn't have happened or what if that didn't happen, but our mom passed away. What if they still made friends with them? Like, you know, anything could have happened anyway. And obviously I have to think about the fact that like, if that hadn't happened the way it did, like I may not have met my husband. You may not have met your wife. Like everything in our life would be totally different right now. As much as it, seems like oh we just would be living the same life but with our dad that's not true right. at all not at all um everything would have been different every thing after that was different um so yeah <laughs> so this is like all of this coming from the theory that yeah i think that's a pretty solid theory that the spaceman was just there to sabotage the missile launch not actually a spaceman an earthman or a yeah right, time man time man a man of the time man of time huh interesting or or it was a dude in a hazmat suit from 2020 that was like fuck shit we fixed out of here well could have could have also not been i mean if it's a a future human wouldn't need a space suit but a hazmat suit makes sense because maybe he has diseases that aren't known like what if he had the coronavirus and he had those right the coronavirus like like cells on him or whatever and he could have like infected us in the past or you know, back in the sixties, there's diseases that have been eradicated nowadays that were available in the sixties. So maybe wearing a hazmat suit is a practical thing. And right. so it's not actually a space suit, but a hazmat suit. Or it's just a beekeeper. Or it's just some like <laughs> beekeeper who just wandered through the photo. Yeah. Hmm. Or like a beekeeper from a different time. He could have been a time traveling beekeeper. Time traveling beekeeper. That's He's like, dude, they were theory. sweet bees. <laughs> yeah. There were really good bees traveling back into the t- into the days when you could actually find bees because in the future there's no bees. Oh man, that's sad too. Yeah, they're all sad theories. Hmm. Unless it's just his wife, it could just be his wife. It's I don't know. Probably but you know the what? answer, but not nearly as. I want to. I want to give Jim Stapleton or wow Templeton. Jesus, <laughs> what's wrong with me? I want to give Jim Templeton more credit that he didn't not notice his wife wandering into the photo again. 
he might not have noticed it in the moment, but like, wouldn't he have seen like the moment after he took the photo that his wife was over there and been like, oh, yeah. bitch, were you just in that photo? Right. You totally you just ruined my that. photo. Right. Like, I'm not going to know for days if you ruined my photo. Right. You know, he's pissed. He's like, do I have to take it again or not? He's like, well, fine. I'm just going to like, like make up this whole elaborate story that I saw a spaceman behind my daughter. Yeah. And boy, was she sorry because this blew up into something huge. And we're talking about it now. How many years later? I'm not, I'm not good at math on the fly. 2064 to 2020. 56 years. Yeah. That's crazy. So I don't know, but all solid theories. Yeah. I'm going with your time traveling, sabotaging the missile launch because the missile launch ended up still happening, but later. So that still goes along with the theory that again, if we're not saying that the missile launching period could change the world, but maybe just that day, that minute that it was going to happen was going to fuck things up royally in the future. So, right. Hmm. Yeah. That's I'm signing onto your theory. Nice. Co-signing it. That's uh so, that's it. That's that. Yeah. One single photograph. One photograph. Um craziness. So we want to hear from you guys. What do you think was going on in that photo? Was it time traveler? Is it an alien? Is it a beekeeper? Was it just his wife? Let all, us know. All of the above. All of the above. His wife was a time traveling beekeeper from the future. Yeah. Exactly. And she didn't actually exist in real life. And he was just, I'm going off the rails right now. Off the rails. Um, but yeah, find us on social media. Let us know. Uh, Instagram at unknowable podcast. Yep. We are on Facebook. We have a group, unknowable podcast. You can come and chat. Um, and yeah, check out our Patreon. We, as we mentioned, have all new tiers on Patreon, which I'm going to give you right now. So $5 a month, cheapest tier. That's like a cup of coffee a month. For the cup of a cup right? of coffee. Or the price of a <laughs> cup of coffee a month. Wow. That is Close Encounters of the First Kind. We've very cleverly named these tiers. Pretty proud of that. Yeah, we're super proud. Um, you're going to get bonus episodes, bonus content. Yes. Um, an unknowable sticker. Oh, yeah. Which now we have holographic stickers and they are what? so cool. Um, yeah, a few of you have gotten those or hopefully have gotten those. I mailed them a couple days ago. Um, you're going to have the ability to vote on episode topics here and there. Sometimes we narrow it down to two. We can't decide. We're going to post that on Patreon. You can vote. And twice a year, we're going to do a ask us anything. Uh, you can submit questions to that, send questions of anything you've ever wanted to know about us. And we're going to do a special episode twice a year where we answer all of those questions. And you also get a 10% discount on any merchandise that we sell. Nice. So that's five bucks a month. That's a pretty sweet deal. It's a decent decent amount of things. Yeah. Uh, $10 per month is our Close Encounters of the Second Kind. You get everything in that first tier plus a twice yearly digital group live Q&A. So that means we're going to be chatting live and you can submit questions as we're chatting. What? Um, early access to all episodes. Again, hello, Tracy. Uh, so a day early. And once a month, we're going to post an unknowable adjacent short story read by Gray. What? Since a lot of you like Gray's voice a lot and yes. request stories from him. I got um, you. I got you. That's like 
at least a couple times a month we get somebody like uh can gray just read stuff to me <laughs> um so for ten dollars a month he will yeah edgar Allan poe yeah. lovecraft yeah. maybe not lovecraft because i heard he's super racist yeah he's kind of a dick but but there's a lot of other stuff um Close Encounters of the Third Kind. This is $25 a month. You get all of that other stuff plus a tote bag what? with Gray's sweet illustration on it. Yeah. Um, a screen print. print blah. Wow. wow. Nice. That was, that was a lot. Screen print by Gray of your choice. Uh, there's Mothman, Bigfoot, Fresno Nightcrawler, Mongolian Deathworm, or a Skinwalker. What? These are illustrations by Gray. And then a once yearly chat with us on Zoom where we can just talk about whatever. Whatever you want to talk about. And then Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, nobody is ever going to do this, but it's $50 a month and you're going to get all of that other stuff. Plus you get a custom 11 by 14 painting done by Gray. Yep. Again, whatever you want, man. It It could be be unknowable related or it could be completely random. Yeah. It could be of you or of Gray or whatever. Um. And once a year, you get an episode topic of your choosing. It yeah. just has to be something unknowable, but you get to just tell us once a year, do an episode on this, and we'll do it. It's pretty sweet. It's a lot yeah, of power. it's pretty sweet. It is. So those are the tiers. Check it out. Patreon.com slash unknowablepodcast. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think. Tell us your theories. Tell us what topics we should do talk with us we might do we might do all right that is unknowable episode 52 unknowable unknowable love you